Thank you for joining us for this episode of AW Forward, our podcast series with our amazing partners at Meta. I'm Matt Schechner, chairman and co-founder of Advertising Week, and it is an absolute joy for us to participate in thought leadership programs just like this that really deliver on the premise and promise of thought leadership, which is to bring great thinkers to you with our partners at Meta on an issue that we all care about, that affects us, where there's metaphors to other industries, in this case, beyond automotive, and uh, we couldn't be prouder of this partnership with our friends at Meta. The world has changed. Ongoing impacts of the global pandemic, the ongoing climate crisis, inflation, and other ills. The effects of these global constraints have been felt across geographies and industries, and automotive in particular, driven by the chip shortage, other supply chain disruptions, and increasing consumer demands have all collided to create an unprecedented set of challenges for the automotive sector. Today on AW Forward, we're fortunate to have outstanding leaders from the automotive industry here to share their stories about how they face these challenges head on, discuss the creative ways they've been able to overcome them, navigate unprecedented challenges, and the lessons they've learned along the way. Our panelists today are Vinay Shahani, Vice President of Marketing, Lexus USA, Shelley Pratt, Director of Marketing Communications and Media for Infinity USA, Angela Zapeta, Chief Marketing Officer of Hyundai Motor America, Karna Crawford, Head of US Marketing at Ford Motor Company, and we're joined by Kim Stonehouse, Head of Industry Auto at Meta. Let's get started. Tell us about a time when you were facing some seemingly insurmountable challenges. What happened? How did your approach take shape? Vinay, we'll start with you. It's a great question. And as I sit here and think about how many opportunities that presented insurmountable challenges, there's quite a few in the last 10 years, you know, just thinking about even beyond 10 years, the economic crisis in 2008, we had a huge earthquake and tsunami that took place in Japan back in 2011. Uh, I worked for Volkswagen during the Dieselgate crisis of 2014. And then, of course, most recently, the pandemic in 2020 and the after effects. Um, definitely a lot of insurmountable challenges. And uh, I think the way I'll, I'll start is just diving in what I experienced at Volkswagen. Uh, obviously, the brand had a major breach of trust with some of our most loyal consumers. And it was a really difficult time for the company. And I think the approach that we had started perhaps with a little bit of paralysis from the shock. Um, and I don't think that's uncommon for any of these types of situations. You know, I think you find yourself asking, how could this happen? You know, is it real? Are we exposed in other areas? But I think as a leader, you learn very quickly that you have to be the tip of the spear and just jump in and try to figure out what's going on and what do we need to do mo most importantly. I don't think anybody's expecting that you'd have a playbook but I think it always starts to take shape with communication. Excellent answer. Following up, what's something you learned about leadership along that journey, or perhaps yourself? 
you know, just thinking back to that situation that I described, I think you you learn quickly what works and what doesn't. And in my case, as the chief marketing officer, we were in the midst of launching a new product when the, when the crisis happened. And we realized really quickly that advertising wasn't working. You know, it was just feeding the flame of the crisis. One of the things that you saw was the brand rightfully had its back against the wall. But nevertheless, I had to figure out how to keep the lights on. And, you know, that communication that I talked about earlier, I think, was still one of the critical factors in how we move forward. And just listening to the team, you know, I, I learned that listening to the team is is one of the most effective strategies. And one of our team members, she was super bright. She had a great idea. And she said, what if we gave our ad dollars to our dealers and let them drive demand for the brand? Dealers, in many cases, are pillars in their community. They're independent businessmen and women. And, um, you know, we took that idea, we sold it to our leadership team, and, and it actually worked, you know, taking ad dollars that were meant for broadcast and digital tier one and giving it to our dealers to let them go after it. Supply chain issues have plagued many industries with automotive not being spared from that fate. Despite this, consumer demand remains strong across all sectors. Oftentimes, the best ideas come from adversity or from limitations. Did any of the challenges you faced over the past two years turn out to be opportunities or blessings in disguise that may be unforeseeable from the outside looking in? Shelley Pratt of Infinity... Let's have you go first. Uh, The last few years have definitely been challenging for everybody in many aspects. But through it all, we've remained focused on brand building. So I believe that we have turned uh, these reduced inventories into an opportunity for us to stand out for who we are and focus on our personality and our voice. You know, in the past, we spent so much time trying to drive immediate traffic. And now it's a great time for us to step back and show people what we stand for. Uh, in fact, during this this time, this time of reduced inventories, we're in the midst of launching our volume leader, the QX60, and really focusing on that, focusing on the messaging and focusing on getting that product in front of the right customers. It's easy for us to see some of the supply chain limitations and maybe pull back that investment, and we haven't done that. Karna, how about you? Um, what this presented was a great opportunity for us to change how we were going to market for us to fundamentally shift into a place that we were utilizing digital, e-commerce, social, all as a different means of how we were engaging with consumers. And what it also then meant was a different way that we could reach consumers that we hadn't necessarily been talking to as much before. It allowed us to diversify. And that now has become our go-to-market model that we that we build from, a world where instead of being TV-led, we are social, experiential, and digitally-led, first and foremost, reaching consumers where they are, and then amplifying on top of that. Kim, what's your take? So uh, actually, several years ago, I got the chance to name a conference room at our Michigan Meta office, and I named it Creativity Loves Constraint. The phrase comes from engineering, the idea that you get better solutions if you first apply some constraints. Now, I am not an engineer, but this concept has always really spoken to me. I find it to be really calming 
and it's an expression of optimism. It's also a rally cry, right? The phrase isn't creativity can handle constraints, it's creativity loves constraint. This, the idea that this challenge is going to make us better. Automotive marketing on our platform in particular advanced more in the last year and a half than uh, it has through any other period. And certainly more than it would have without these constraints. So one example is in augmented reality. In less than a year, now the majority of auto brands have used an augmented reality effect. So this is where people can see true to scale, high fidelity uh, view of the vehicle right in their driveway or in their living room. It's incredible. Uh, you can get a sense for the leg room. You can see the leather stitching up close. And all of these things have really enabled our partners to help people see vehicles that, uh, that, that haven't been produced yet, um, that are waiting for, for semiconductor chips. And what we found actually is not only is it helping them make it through this period, incorporating AR augmented reality ads outperforms existing campaigns alone at nearly triple the boost in brand lift and at 59% lower cost. That is a great story. And based on what you've learned, what would your advice be to other CMOs facing supply chain constraints? Angela, we'll start with you. We have a saying around here at Hyundai that's the market is the market is the market. Meaning that when everyone faces the same challenges, there will be winners and there will be losers. I guess some advice I would give would be not to panic and let macro influences drive reactive measures. Instead, you know, see where you can gain as a brand and zig when others zag. Uh, for us, this strategy really worked out great. Excellent insights there. In a world of lower inventory, loyalty is up for grabs and brand building becomes even more critical. How has your marketing strategy shifted? Has brand building taken more of a leading role? And are you measuring success differently? Angela? I love this question uh, because I get asked this uh, quite often. When I came to Hyundai as CMO about three years ago, just before the pandemic, our CEO, Jose Munoz, had asked me to build our brand. You know, while Hyundai has been in the U.S. for 36 years, we do not have a well-defined brand and we are not a loved or an emotional brand. We're not hated, um, but it is true that we have little emotion with our consumers and our owners. And some of that had to do with our past product offering and some other things we had done that maybe had our trajectory here not be such a, a positive, you know, upward tick to just gaining momentum year over year with our brand. But in 2019, we finally had a full portfolio of SUVs, the largest all-fuel vehicle variants, and uh, it was a time for us to finally define our brand. But the pandemic got a little in the way at that moment. Uh, we did modify our market strategy at that point. We reacted with messaging and programs to help Americans who are affected by the pandemic. But once we were out of the darkest moments of COVID, we began working on our brand. Uh, so this fall, you will see the full reveal of our new brand platform, which is called It's Your Journey. And the idea behind the line is that behind the vehicles we build, Hyundai has thought of everything to fuel our owner's journey by doing more than just making well-designed, safe and reliable vehicles, but delivering services and products that give consumers peace of mind, and this idea we have their back. 
things like America's best warranty at 10 years, 100,000 miles, still best in class in the industry. Three years, you know, 36,000 mile complimentary maintenance, also best in class. Job loss assurance, free roadside assistance, Sears XM subscription, et cetera, et cetera. And we think these brand behaviors are really what consumers recognize Hyundai for and expect from us for a brand. And so we're going to bring this messaging to market. And uh, I'm really excited to see what it's going to do for Hyundai overall as a brand. Vinay, how about you? Absolutely. Um, You know, brand building has always been important in all aspects of our marketing, regardless of what channel it's in. Certainly today, even more important in the face of production challenges and supply chain disruptions. You know, in many cases, even, you know, best case scenario, let's use broadcasting as an example. You know, you're you're talking to a big group of people of which maybe 2% of people are in market. So 98%, you're, you're really planting the seed for the future. And uh, I think a good example of this would be, you know, most car companies, uh, especially luxury brands, do sales events a couple times a year. In, in Lexus's case, three uh, sales events per year. You know, in the March timeframe, we do um, invitation to Lexus. The summertime, we do the golden opportunity sales event. And then in, in December, somewhat iconic sales event that we call December to remember. Um, and in most cases, the feature of those campaigns tended to be the offer. You know, what's the deal? What's the the APR or the lease rate or the cash back or, or whatever it may be? Um, obviously with inventory being so challenged and production being so challenged, the offers really are not there, right? I mean, why would you spend more to discount your product when you don't need to? So these have, have really evolved and, you know, it's, it's become more about who we are as a brand and, you know, what's new in our lineup, what are the new technologies, um, things like our immersive and intuitive new Lexus interface, which is an all new infotainment system voice and touch activated historically speaking these wouldn't take these types of things wouldn't take a starring role in a sales event but they've kind of morphed that way and and that's what consumers want to hear about shelly over to you uh the supply chain issues have helped us center our strategy on brand building during the normal sales event period summer sales event instead of focusing on that driving short-term traffic we chose to stay invested in the qx60 launch over a sales event message. In the back half of the year, we'll lean into defining who Infinity is. Uh, We'll emphasize our competitive advantage and develop advertising that will clearly differentiate us. Our goal, when you see an Infinity ad, you'll know it's an Infinity ad. And we're taking that time that we normally would have used for sales event messaging to do this at a tier one level. Uh, We've spent many months with our agencies ideating on how we intend to make Infinity more valuable. And this will really be our moment to lean in, um, create emotional reasons for people to fall in love with the brand and really shift away from that traditional sales event messaging. Amazing answer. Over the last two years, consumer expectation for convenience has shifted exponentially. Every aspect of our lives has been altered from grocery delivery to on-demand at-home workouts to how we buy cars. As consumers expect more digital tools for their everyday needs, how have you adapted to meet those needs? Karna, what are your thoughts? 
That is such a great question. And you are so right. For us at Ford, everything we do is in service of uh, customer expectations and customer pain points. We do everything rooted through the customer experience and the customer need first and foremost. This idea of instant gratification, maximum simplicity, transparency through every aspect of the transaction and waiting for it to come to you um, and being able to do that through your channel of choice, whether it's online, whether it's going to pick up from a store, et cetera. What that then means is that we have been evolving the buying experience and the role of Ford.com for our customers. It is not just for looking, it's also for researching, shopping, buying, and the full experience of owning beyond that. And we've been focused on absolute simplification. Kim? So one of the interesting findings that we've seen through others have conducted research on this is that people want to buy on their original timeline and they are willing to widen their consideration set around the vehicles and brands they're willing to consider in order to make a purchase. So in an advertising world in the automotive space where half a point of share is an incredible swing in a given year, this is a tremendous time to introduce your brand, uh, introduce EV models, and um, and and be there for people who are open to more brands. So certainly, we are seeing brand and video, in particular, playing a much bigger role, where people are telling short stories about their features and uh, opening up to a broader set of customers. Following up, what consumer behaviors do you think are here to stay? Karna, how about you? I think that the behavior of pace of expectation and expecting to utilize what we know about them to simplify their lives and to deliver on their needs faster, simpler, and more transparently, that's not going away. What we ultimately have to do through what we can offer with Ford.com, with the Ford Pass app, together with our dealers, is be able to deliver on that in a way that is seamless to the customer and eliminates the friction that exists inherently in way, the way customers engage with, with, um, car, with car companies. Amazing. We know that inflation and labor shortages, coupled with the evolving ads ecosystem, has required marketers to become even more efficient. What are some strategies you've deployed to drive efficiency in your marketing? What strategies have you deprioritized? Vinay, how about you? Yeah, I'll start with, you know, probably one of the biggest behavioral changes that we saw amongst our, our guests and our consumer base, and then kind of lean into some examples of what we've done to be more efficient. Everybody probably realizes in their own lives that during the pandemic, we all saw streaming become a bigger part of our lives. It was fueled by the pandemic, right? You had more time at home, more opportunities to look for content that suits you. And I would say at Lexus, we lean in pretty heavily to look for opportunities to over-index and, and really unlock the chances to get in front of consumers. You know, I'll use a meta example. Uh, Lexus was first to market as an automotive OEM to activate the in-stream reserve 
the video inventory on our tier one and tier two campaigns. Um, this is Meta's most premium video advertising where advertisers can get guaranteed ad placements against our vetted top tier and handpicked video content. So that was a, a really efficient play for us. We were also one of the first OEMs to pilot their automotive model ads. And this provided the opportunity for Lexus to serve up a variety of unique copy headlines and images based on what the user was actually browsing. Uh, and, and it helped us through their algorithm, helped us identify which variations of those uh, ads that we could serve up, which was super, super efficient. Amazing insights there. Thank you. Angela, how about you? We definitely are evolving our strategy. We're evolving it all the time as we have better information and data at our hands. But the consistent theme is it's heavier investment in digital and social. While TV and mostly live sports for us play a huge role in our overall mix, we know that moving those broadcast dollars to digital, social, and streaming are smarter and more efficient channels. Even with lower ad budgets in 2020, 2021, and 2022, we are driving more efficiency in our spend without forfeiting demand and ultimately sales and market share growth. Thank you. We know that consumers want to do business with brands that care about sustainability. Automotive is leading the charge in ensuring a sustainable future with its focus on electric vehicles. While research shows that consumers are aware of EVs, they are less aware of the individual brand's offerings. The good news is this is not a product challenge, but a marketing opportunity. What are you doing to drive discovery of your brand's EV offerings? What can other industries learn about how to drive discovery? Kim, let's have you start. The research shows that less than half of car buyers are aware that major brands have an EV to sell. So this is where AI is really powerful. Machine learning can allow auto marketers to connect to the people who may not know an EV is A, available and B, perfect for them. The machine learning is getting so good that rather than going out and seeking a consideration set, your consideration set is brought to you as a, as a marketer. So this is really exciting. And um, we're also seeing auto marketers really lean into the space of digital in order to tell more stories. There are so many questions when it comes to electrification. So many questions, range anxiety, what is the charging going to be like? And on digital platforms, you have the opportunity to tell more stories efficiently, tell them quickly, tell them in an immersive way, whether that's through AR or reels, bring creators in, in order to have other people experience the vehicle and give their firsthand account. So there's tons happening in this space and it's really, really exciting from a marketing standpoint. Shelly, anything to add? Uh, our parent company, Nissan, was the first to produce a mass market EV, the LEAF, and we've sold thousands of those around the world. So we can definitely lean in and learn from them. I think our differentiation will be key. That'll make us stand out. That'll show our personality. And we would expect the Infinity EV will have the attributes that consumer knows, knows for, expressive design and performance, and we will continue to set ourselves apart. 
Uh, we're all about providing thoughtful hospitality, beautiful interiors, and most of all, a really great customer experience when they interact with us. As we lead up to the introduction of our first EV, we'll begin to drive awareness through word of mouth using both social and PR conversations, as those are becoming more and more important for us. We'll also continue with our experiential events to showcase our products. It's always great when you can get the car in front of the consumers, they can sit in it, they can feel it, they can experience it. Once you get inside of Infinity, you completely fall in love with it. And we will do that with our new EVs. Karna, anything you'd like to add? I think at Ford, we're in a bit of a unique situation because inherently we took a different approach when we were one of the first major OEMs to market with EVs, which is we electrified our icons. We electrified our most recognized brands, Mustang with the Mach-E, F-150 with the Lightning, Transit with the E-Transit. Mach-E was our first and inherently that gave us a, an amazing starting place for that awareness and that discovery. And as a result, you know, our EV sales across all of our, um, across all of our products are up 170% year over year in July. And our share is about 10.9 um, in the EV segment. So for us, when you combine everything that we're doing, we have built on a platform that says, really lean in to your icons and your strengths. That has led to a natural discovery um, with about, I don't know, maybe 60% of our interest coming from conquesting. And we are the second best-selling vehicle. So for us, we've leaned into those icons, but also importantly, we've leaned into the role of social and the role of digital as the means of helping our passionate fans of those icons hold on to it and and be a part of how we are driving the growth and the awareness of these amazing products. As marketing leaders, you have the ability to communicate a vision of what's possible for those that have historically been excluded. Talk to us about how the last few years have accelerated the evolution of diversity and inclusion in your marketing approach. How has it changed? What have you learned? Vinay? This one's very important, very personal for me. You know, first and foremost, I'm, I feel fortunate that the values of the company that I work for at, at Lexus are aligned with my own personal belief and representation matters. I'll use my own example. Growing up as an Indian American kid in the United States in the in the 70s and 80s, I rarely saw people that looked like me in marketing. And you know, fast forward to today, I think times have changed. And I think most brands have realized that we have to be more inclusive than ever before. And I think it goes without saying that, you know, we believe that if we're gonna have long-term success, then brands have to understand the demographic, the attitudinal and the cultural forces that are kind of impacting the marketplace. And I think this is why Lexus is constantly seeking to improve and and broaden our understanding of culture. Um, We're deeply committed to developing communications that allow our diverse consumer base to see themselves through the work. That includes respecting and celebrating a multitude of cultural moments, whether it's the, the Lunar New Year or Diwali or Kwanzaa or other cultural moments, this is a top priority for us. And we have our agencies 
constantly working closely with us. We're constantly taking meetings to evaluate ideas, uh, but also not only from a targeted perspective in terms of reaching those consumers, but also looking at ideas from minority-owned businesses. And one example of that is Lexus has introduced an annual briefing session to share our marketing goals and priorities directly with both our longstanding partners, but also multicultural partners that may be new in the marketplace. You know, it's a bit of a work in progress, but we get better and better at it every year. And we, you know, we've learned that we can always do better. Uh, so that what we call that Kaizen mindset, the Japanese word for continuous improvement, definitely applies to this situation in, in trying to do better and be more inclusive. Angela, how about you? We've leaned heavily in diversity and inclusion in a big way at Hyundai. We already had a lot of diversity in our advertising with our general market communications, with our casting, but we were not investing appropriately with multicultural audiences. But in 2021, we hired our first African-American agency, Culture Brand, and just last month hired our first Hispanic agency, Lopez Negretti. For both agencies, we are now investing in these audiences at higher levels than ever before, and we're really excited about what this new work and this new area will do for us and the brand for Hyundai. Karna, anything you'd like to add? I will say first, uh, as an African-American woman in this business, a part of why I came to Ford was to be a part of how we continue to become um, not only an amazing company with diverse and inclusive talent inside of the organization, but a company that is highly loved by all people, helping all people move and pursue their dreams. That's a part of what our purpose is. And it's a part of why I came here. As you look at what I was describing around that transition that we, or that transformation that we've been making in our approach to marketing, it's sitting on top of the overarching foundation that growth in our category is being driven heavily by women from a gender perspective, and then Hispanics and African-Americans are really high in the growth um, from an ethnicity perspective. Millennials then also being critical from a um, generational perspective. Knowing that, we have to evolve to be highly relevant to those audiences and constantly be refreshing what our brand stands for and represents for them. That has changed how we go to market, has led to the social first approach and digital first approach that we've taken. And it's also evolved the, the stories that we tell and how we tell those stories so that they are rooted in cultural and heritage relevance for these audiences. Shelley, over to you. Diversity and inclusion is at the forefront of how we at Infinity have developed our marketing strategies. Uh, we did some research recently and found one in three Infinity owners is multicultural. So communicating to various groups is inherent to us and it's inherent to our customers. As we planned this fiscal year, we not only collaborated with a diverse group of influencers, but we also implemented a significant investment in multicultural media. In fact, it's the largest investment we've ever had for Infinity. Not only in how we show up in creative, but where we show up. Uh, media conglomerates are not typically minority owned, yet they do absorb a bulk of our media budgets. Uh, we're making intentional efforts to adopt our buying criteria and our process to make sure that we're giving those minority owned media companies a fair shot at our business, where in the past they might not have been able to, to participate. 
Kim? We are partnering very closely with different auto brands, and I would say in the same breath that there is a lot of work yet to do. We know through our research that 71% of consumers expect brands to promote diversity and inclusion in their online advertising, but half don't feel culturally represented in the online advertising that they're seeing today. One of the approaches where we're having lots of conversations right now is in bringing in creators. So connecting different creators and their audiences with auto brands to help bring greater representation and diversity to their media plans. And they're also gaining lots of learnings on reaching new audiences and, uh, and, and how to have that engagement really effectively and authentically. So I think this is the space that we'll continue to see grow. On the retail side, we've also partnered with NAMAD, that's the National Association of Minority Auto Dealers, with a number of programs to grow learning in the digital space. So for example, we held a, a real school for their member dealers uh, a few months back. So we're investing more here and we expect that to continue. These are such great insights. The last two years have shown how resilient and creative marketers and consumers truly are. But we aren't out of the woods just yet with continued inflation, the climate crisis, and ongoing war in the Ukraine. In the spirit of the theme of AW Forward, what lessons are you taking forward as you prepare for the future? Kim, tell us your story. Yes, well, I think we've learned enough to know that there's likely something else coming. There's going to be more change, more challenge, more newness around the corner. So, you know, if I've learned anything, it's okay not to know. It's, it's good to test into the future. Uh, and I think we can take that confidence forward looking back right, that we will figure it out. I shared a few examples that there, that there are many more in terms of the ingenuity of this incredible group of marketers in the automotive space. Uh, I had one tell me, I've never had so much fun in marketing. The, the demands and the, the challenges of the supply constraint have forced them to go out and try new things. Vinay, anything to add? Yeah, we could probably spend two hours talking about this. I mean, I think, um, you know, we've clearly realized that the pandemic has shown us that our guests are constantly adapting, uh, always evolving uh, in their lives, in what's important to them, in how they're consuming media. And we need to adapt as well. Um, you know, and one of the things that we did in the middle of the pandemic was to go through a brand repositioning exercise to really take a close look at the future, combining things like, you know, where we know we're going as a brand in terms of product and technology, but also the fact that, you know, we've gotten here, I'm speaking about Lexus specifically, on the backs of many baby boomers and Gen Xers who took a risk on a, on a startup brand 33 years ago. And these people have helped us achieve great success in delivering amazing experiences in the U.S. Uh, luxury auto space. But we also realize that, you know, Gen Y, as an example, uh, will soon be in the next six years, 
the largest consumer of luxury vehicles uh, in the United States. And they're also going to be the most diverse generation the country's ever seen. Um, so we have to build bridges to the next generation of luxury guests. And they have different needs than the people who've got us to where we've been, uh, where we are today. So I think, you know, my big lesson and something that I'm going to continue to, to make sure that I put front and center um, is to be smart about how we keep the family we have, but also be more inclusive and more inviting to new family members uh, for Lexus. Shelly, over to you. We have two major lessons we, both Infinity and our agencies, are taking forward. The first, communicate rational messages emotionally. We really need to take this time and this opportunity to build a relationship with our customers. In periods of uncertainty, people are becoming more discerning. That's especially true in the luxury category, uh, and even more so when you're purchasing a larger ticket item. Uh, there are very important actions marketers need to take, that we need to take. And our goal at Infinity is to deliver rational emotions, all wrapped in emotion, uh, make people fall in love with our brand. We need to prepare for our future now by ensuring we are creating love and demand for our brand now and in the future. And the second, I would say, be prepared to be unprepared. I think we've learned this uh, a lot in the last few years. Uh, this is a more about how we are set up as an organization. With so much uncertainty, it's financial, political, environmental, so we need to learn from what we as leaders have faced in the past and be ready for what might come at us and understand we should all be prepared to be unprepared. This is a great life lesson for everybody that's learned from the past two years and experienced this in the past two years. Karna? This is going to sound a bit contrite, but one of the biggest lessons that I'm taking forward to prepare for the future is actually you prepare through scenarios and preparation. Something is going to change. Change is inevitable. So as we look ahead, we need to think through the possible scenarios that can occur and plan towards scenarios and be willing to adapt and change and evolve very quickly Nothing is certain and nothing lasts forever. So we have to move and be nimble. Angela, anything to add? For me, it's to know that there will always be something to wrangle. The world is not predictable and it is not static. The biggest learning for me is that I grew up in an era where the mantra was basically business is business, but that's not really the case anymore. Now business is personal. I think this key distinction is critical for thinking about how to go to market moving forward and truly putting the customer at the center of everything we do. And this new era, I think, is what's really the future. And just thinking of the way business touches people in a fresh new way is very different than the way I think we thought about business in the past. Thank you all for participating in this extraordinary special edition of AW Forward with our partners at Meta. The content was riveting as we knew it would be. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I think we learned a ton today about navigating unprecedented challenges and finding the way forward, which is the essence of what we're trying to accomplish with AW Forward. We look forward to seeing you again on our next episode with our dear friends at Meta. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did.